Welcome back to the Fitness Business Blueprint with me, Justin Devonshire. This is part three of this mega podcast series. I think this is one of the most comprehensive and value-driven posts we've ever made, literally sharing the exact benchmarks and milestones on our journey from uh, inception of the Transform Hub in 2017 up until opening our 10th location in 2022. And uh, I've had amazing feedback from you guys. Now we're going to get very, very advanced. This is the next level up. This brings us up to where we are in the present, where we're we're we're, we're attracting franchisees, we're acquiring more gyms, we're we're buying up failing gyms for cash. So we're we're aggressively expanding right now. So the lessons in this part are really the mindset and strategy that take you from being a million pound business owner to a multi million pound business owner. And once again. Check out the link below because this is the last time you'll ever get a chance to work with me one-on-one, to have me in your corner, uh, holding your hand every step of the way to do the same thing and getting access to all of my systems, templates, checklists, swipe files, operations, uh, and my business partners who can help you to achieve similar success. Hope you enjoy this. Check out the link if you're interested in getting my help one-on-one, and I'll speak to you soon. Lesson number eight then, okay? Um, lesson number eight, okay, so we're coming out of lockdown now. We've got, you know, out of lockdown, we've got four locations now in early 2021. Um, well, late 2020. So yeah, we came out, we came, yeah, because we had two lockdowns. So late 2020, we came out of the first wave of lockdowns, right? So then we were able finally to open location number three, which was due to open before the lockdowns. So we opened number three and we also had then acquired the Wimbledon gym. So we had four locations in the tail end of 2020. At this point, because we were seeking for undervalued assets, we also secured another new gym on the filed coast, which was due to open in January. Okay. Um, again, we didn't want to rush into opening things too soon. We wanted to see how the lockdown situation would go. We only, we only just got out of lockdown, number one. So we, we secured the lease to open up in January 2021 with a condition as well that if any more lockdowns happened, uh, we wouldn't have to pay rent. Our rent would be delayed, Okay, which turned out for the best, actually. Uh, so, so at this point... We had our four locations. Our fifth one was due to open in uh, in January 2021. And this is then when um, we were approached by Jed, Jed Moss, who was a client at the Men's Hub. He came to us and asked us about franchising. So Jed, if you guys don't know, Jed came to the Men's Hub about two years ago as a client. Uh, He had a very, um, you know, a lot of shit in life. Basically, he, he lost his son at a young age. Um, went into a bit of a spiral, but the men's hub, the camaraderie and the fitness helped him turn his life around and get things back on track. Um, even, you know, doing co- uh, a, a cover model uh, photo shoot at the age of, uh, in his 40s in the best shape ever, a 12% body fat. And uh, Jed then said, I want to become a coach. And he then started helping us. We, we trained him up in our certification company. And Jed started teaching some sessions at the men's hub, helped because he wanted to give back and help the other guys. And then not long after that, when the recessions came out and we had five locations, Jed said, I want a hub. 
I want a men's hub. I want, I want one of these. Can, do you guys franchise? Like, how, how do I get one? And, uh, you know, we said we'd, we'd thought about franchising as an option, but we would, we would do a pilot agreement with him and he could test out the concept for us uh, and we'd take it from there. So this is, what, this is actually how we began franchising. And the lesson here is, the eighth lesson is to <clears throat> don't be, um, take, take a general approach to how you're going to scale. Don't be boxed in to one way. Okay, a lot of guys I talk to say, you know, they, they say things like, oh, I'm going to build a franchise. You know, they've got one gym and they're like, I'm going to make, my goal is to make a franchise business or my goal is to sell in five years or my goal is to this. Look, they're all viable options, but you don't know what you don't know. And it's too early at that stage to really make the best call. And plus, you don't have to do it one way. You don't have to say, we're only going to open franchises and not open our own gyms or vice versa. And I never believed in that approach. So I always believed we're going to look at different opportunities. We want to expand the brand. That's the most important thing is we fulfill our vision and we have at least 100 men, uh, 100 hubs around the UK uh, by 2025 because that's going to help us meet our target um, of, of helping like at least 10,000 people to have made a transformation. That's our like that's the vision for us. That's what we want to happen in the UK. It's more about the impact, right? So how we get there financially by owning locations or franchising locations or like I don't really care about that so much. For us, it's about the impact and and finding the best ways of getting there. So we're still going to grow by certain acquisitions and mergers of other gyms and turn them around. Um, we might buy up other gyms and not convert them to the Transform Hub brand. If there's another type of gym that we buy, uh, maybe not the same model, but if it's a different, like maybe maybe we find a, a micro-commercial gym we want to buy, and maybe we keep it under the same branding it has. It still helps us impact our mission. Um, we're going we're gonna to offer franchises only to the best people, not to anyone, but those who qualify and we really trust in to, to, with our brand, We'll, we'll, we'll award them a franchise. We're still opening our own locations, right? Because why wouldn't we? It's, it makes sense to do it, right? <laughs> we need to be role models to our franchisees. Why should they invest in opening hubs if we're not investing in opening hubs ourselves? So that's the, that's the lesson number eight there is, is, don't, is take a general approach. When we decided to test out the franchise idea with Jed, we didn't close ourselves off to everything else and we've kept opening our own locations um, you know, and that's actually worked out for the best. Lesson number nine, at this stage, um, lesson number nine kind of really brings us more to the present now. So Jed opened location number six, his first franchise, also on the Filed Coast. What happened was, is we found a location on the Filed Coast, a unit that we were going to open a women's hub. And on the same unit, on the same industrial estate there was the landlord had another unit a bit smaller that we also liked and we told we said to the guy oh hey we might even take two and we'll actually take your other location and we'll put a men's hub in there at the same time we can do women's and men's on the same street essentially but then when jed was interested in the franchise idea we said to jed we've already found this location and filed It'll be next to our women's one. We can open the same time just for ease and convenience. Would you like to 
would you like that location? We'll, we'll pass it to you, basically, and you can open that as your franchise location. Jed said yes, so he didn't have to go through the process of looking for a location. We gave it to him. He took that lease on, and then we opened five and six at the same time. So they were due to open January 2021. Of course, we went into the second wave of lockdowns, right? So that they didn't open until April the 12th, the official reopening day. Our, our um, filed women's and filed men's and Jed's first franchise on April the 12th this year opened up. Okay, and that took us then to, to um, what's that, six locations, right? So at that point now, really now we, we're, we're seeing this happening. Jed, of course, um, you know, quickly took his location to 10, 10 15K a month in no time. Um, Jed's got two locations right now. Um, he's looking for a third. So April this year, he started as a franchisee. We're now in September. Jed's looking for his third place, which he aims to open in, in January. So Jed's going to have, you know, three of his own six-figure locations by next year. Um, simply incredible with no background in the fitness, in, no background in fitness before a couple of years ago, no, no business gym ownership, um, and straight into it with our mentorship and systems. Right. Um, but I mean, you get it as a franchisee, you get a bit of a cheat code essentially, cause it's, you're piggybacking on a proven concept. So, um, but that's where we are. And, and at this point now, you know, we have more people requesting about franchises, um, you know, clients of the gyms are all asking if they can have a franchise. People want to invest money into opening franchises. And we're starting to see our vision play out now. So our goal is to have 100 locations by 2025. This brings us to lesson number nine. And then we're going to wrap this up in the next four or five minutes. Um, lesson number nine is really at this point, your mindset gets tested. This is really the, that next this is the next cliff point where a lot of guys get to. If you even get this far on the journey, this is the part I think that will knock a lot of people on their ass or basically keep them still. Because at this point, the biggest danger myself and James face at this point is that we always ask ourselves every day, are we, are we too good to be great? That's the one thing that, that worries me. It's like every day, things are going good, right? Things are comfortable. And that is the worst thing at this point, right? If you want to have a good life, if you want, if you want a good business, then if that's all we wanted is a good business and a good income and a good life, we could just maintain where we are and not try any harder. And we can have six, seven locations, you know, seven, eight, nine locations opening, 10 locations you know, nice couple of million, two, three million pounds a year, or, you know, turnover, awesome, good life, good income, good business. But that's not what we want. We want to be great. We want 100 locations. We want the biggest gym franchise in the UK. We want to change how fitness is done. We want to help, you know, tens of thousands of people make a transformation like our clients do. We want to reverse some of these shocking statistics about physical and mental well-being in the world. And so to do that, the biggest enemy of being great is not being bad. The biggest enemy of great is being good or good enough, good enough to be complacent, good enough to take your foot off the pedal, 
good enough to take a break and slow down, good enough to be good enough. And that's the one thing that we have to always be leveling up. And this is exposed whenever we hit a challenge. So if we run into a bottleneck now, uh, like, you know, um, we can't find enough good staff in time or, you know, we've got a location opening and we can't find, we haven't been able to find a manager to look after that place and it's 45 kilometers away. So we can't just jump in and take care of it. Um, when we have, you know, um, more legal requirements now and you've got thousands of people training, there's a lot more legal requirements you've got to, to avoid lawsuits and stuff. Um, you know, when franchisees coming on board and getting franchisees set up properly and making helping them be profitable. There's all these potential road bumps, big challenges, right? There's a lot of responsibility we're taking on with all the thousands of customers, dozens of employees, and, and dozens of franchisees too. It's a lot of responsibility. And it's so it can be so easy when a challenge comes up or if you're facing a potential challenge that 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 force of average creeps up and says uh just take a step back uh maybe don't do that then don't don't rush rush into that scale maybe you'll be okay with 10 locations maybe you don't need to do that and that's what we've got to be careful of guys okay if you want to be great if you want to be legendary if you want to achieve top 1% level stuff you have to always be asking um am i backing down when I should be leveling up, right? Um, whenever you come to a challenge or a confrontation in something, either you can withdraw, avoid it, and go back to the status quo and stay inside the comfort zone. And you can make excuses and say, well, uh, I I'm not going to do this big thing because I don't know how to do that. I'm not going to open up four locations because I want more time with my family, which means you, you're bad at outsourcing, or I can't do this because there's no good staff in my, good people in my area, or I can't open this many locations because I can't get the finance and the funding, or whatever excuse you come up with. What you've got to remember is you can either back down to an excuse or you can say, hmm, maybe this is where I need to level up and actually pursue this thing anyway. So, be very mindful of your words, your hesitations, and are your actions lining up with your ambitions at this stage, mindset and resilience, and, and putting your foot down more on the gas is really vitally important, okay? Um, that's lesson number nine. Mindset and resilience, make sure you're constantly leveling up, not backing down. The enemy of great is not bad. The enemy of great is being good. Do not be uh, so good that you fail to be great, is lesson number nine. Lesson number 10, the final lesson then to wrap this up, is kind of a, con a bit of a, a continuation of lesson nine, but in more practical terms. So essentially, if then, if you're at this point, things are starting to scale and you want to go from one million, like a million pound a year to 10 million pounds, which is that next kind of bracket, um... You've got to understand that you're going to be challenged because there's now totally different things that need to be done. Again, going from zero to, to, to high six or seven figures, it's kind of simple. It's kind of straightforward. It's like you've got to have great marketing, get your sales dialed in, get your product and service dialed in, 
hire a team to replicate it and replicate that maybe one, two, three times in different locations, you know, depending on how big each location is. If you have a massive, if you have an 8,000 square foot location, you probably only need like two of those to actually make a million pounds a year, right? Um, if you've got smaller locations or you charge less, you might need to d duplicate it four or five times to make a million pounds a year. But that's pretty much the process, right? Amazing product, good retention LTV, plus sales, plus lead gen, plus systems and finance. All the things we talked about so far, essentially, right? Get that working prototype. But that, but but that, but going from seven figures to eight figures, from one million to ten million, is the next level up. This is gonna be. This is where a lot of people get stuck who who actually make it this far, because it requires a completely different skill set. Because now you're no longer a gym guy. You're no longer a trainer. There's nothing. There's nothing really like you know in the gym you can solve that's gonna gonna get you from five million to ten million, right? You have to realize at this level, going from one million to ten million is all down to different skills, and so it's kind of like it feels like to me reaching black belt in martial arts. If anyone has done martial arts, you'll know that you go through white belt, yellow belt, red belt, orange, all these colors. And you, f and you look at black belt as like the pinnacle, like the nirvana, the holy grail. When I get to black belt, like I'm going to be a Zen master who can beat up Bruce Lee if I want to, right? Like you kind of think that's the promised land. And after two, three years of training, when you get to a black belt, I'll always remember my, the, 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 the instructor that certified me and did my black belt grading presented me my black belt and he said to me the words I'll never forget because it, it punched my ego in the face and said, congratulations, you've got your black belt. Now you can start learning. And I'm like, and I was like, what? I don't know, like um, 18, 19 at the time. I was like, start learning? I was like, bro, like I'm done here. Like this is it. Like I've reached it. And he's like, no, you've got second grade black belt, third grade black belt, fifth grade black belt. There's like 25 types of black belt right? And they tell you that from, from the, all the colored belts, white to orange and green, all those belts were you learning how to learn. You were just learning what the basics were. When you get to black belt, then you actually start practicing and learning next level shit, right? And business is the same way. We think when we get like this, the systems dialed in, we get to a million pounds, we're going to, we get to that too good level, then people stay there. They go, black belt, awesome. You know, or million pound of your business, fantastic. And if that's all you want, then more power to you. Great, right? That's not a judgment. It's fine. If that's what you want, perfect. Leave with your black belt, right? Or stay stay at, at half a million to a million pounds of your revenue. Great. Do that for the next 20 years if you want to. But if you want more, which every I think every healthy entrepreneur really does, right, then you know, you have to realize that now you start the learning. You'll learn more in the next year after that than you did in the last five years prior, okay? And really, business growth at this level, from the beginning really, it's just an accumulation of skills. So if the mindset of lesson nine seems a bit overwhelming and hard, like how do I keep up? How do I how do I stay resilient with all these challenges and all this responsibility? How do I keep myself composed when I've got, you know, 30 employees 
relying on me and a thousand customers relying on me. How do I keep, keep my shit together? This is where the, this lesson comes in. And this lesson says, take the emotion out of it and realize that if you're struggling or you've hit a wall or you don't know how to get to the next level or there's a challenge has come up you don't know how to solve that's threatening you, that's threatening the business, all it means is there is a skill, a particular skill you have not learned yet or not really uncovered yet. You need to collect that skill like you collect a Pokemon, collect them all, all 150 of them, you collect and acquire that next skill, you get to the next level. There's just a skill gap. That's all there is. So if, you know, for us, you know, new skills for us now is like, okay, how do we attract franchisees? Now, now like I know the concepts of marketing and sales are somewhat similar, but still, I would, you know, we'd freak out a little bit, like how do we actually, like, how do we attract a franchisee, right? And then we, we, we learn the skills. We go and talk to people who've done it. So I pay for mentoring. This is the cool thing at this point. It's actually quite relatively easy to acquire those skills because you probably have the means to pay mentors for them right now, right? I can go and find someone who has 50 franchises in, in fitness or something else, 50 coffee shops or restaurants and say, hey, can I pay you for an hour of your time for you to tell us how did you attract all those franchisees? I'll pay you 2,000 pounds for the hour. I'll happily pay that. Most people will happily take that money and it works. It's a good value exchange because that 2,000 pounds spent is going to be worth 100x to me in the next five years, right? So maybe there's a skill you need to learn though, right? So like that or team leadership. If, you, if your team members keep falling off and quitting, don't stress over it. Just realize, hmm, Employee retention. What's my skill set on that? What was the last book I read on employee retention? When was the last time I plotted out a system for that? Right? There's your skill gap. If, you know, you've got team members there, but they're not performing well, look at your leadership skills. That's why I'm presenting leadership training to you guys now. What are your leadership skills? How excited are you keeping your team? If you want to raise capital, What's your skill set in seeking investors and raising capital? It's a skill. Most people, though, go blindly into the world and go, oh, I tried getting an investor because I sent a text message to three people and it didn't work. And it's like, okay, you understand there's a skill involved in this, right? Like people who've done this, who've raised capital successfully have a method. You could go on Amazon and find, type in, you know, books, how to raise capital for, or how to find investors, and you'd get a thousand books to choose from, which will tell you in 400 pages specifically the best ways to raise investment capital, right? There's a skill set for everything, and thanks so much to the internet, you can find it and learn it in about two days. I am not worried in that sense about the future because there's no skill I can't learn or I can't pay somebody else who has that skill Again, if, it, if it's a skill that really comes out of my zone or I don't have time for, I can pay someone with that expertise to come in, right? So if we want to um, create offshore bank accounts, I can just pay someone who knows about creating offshore wealth and they can advise us on what to do with our, with our money so we can legally and ethically uh, be more tax efficient. It's just a skill set. Okay, guys. 
So that's what you have to learn. Take the emotion out of it. Remember the, the lesson nine, that you do have to be leveling up, not backing down to challenges. And lesson 10 is that, that leveling up. Yes, there is an element of mindset work. Like, you know, you want to have daily rituals. In lesson nine, going back to that, you want to manage your stress every day. I recommend meditation, journaling, daily productivity techniques. This is all covered in, in module one of FBB. By the way, I give you my daily routines that I, I recommend you follow for, for stress and emotion and energy management, right? Because if you're eating crap, you're not training, you're not taking care of yourself first, you will not take care of your business, right? Even though things are on top of you, that's when you have to put yourself first. I don't start my work until at least 10 a.m. in the morning. I wake up at 6 a.m., I'm outside meditating, I'm having my breakfast, I'm having a swim, I'm going to the gym. I've done work for my body, my mind, and my spirit every morning for two or three hours before I'll think about picking up my phone or doing any work. And that's not a luxury. People say, oh, that's nice for you to do. You have the time to do that. No, that's a necessity. I don't have the time and energy to do that because I have a great business. I have a great business because I take the time to do that and work on myself first because your business can only grow to the size of consciousness that you have yourself. Your business is an extension of your DNA. You're the fault, you're the founder. The culture is 80% you. If you're lazy and sloppy, your business is lazy and sloppy. If you prioritize energy and well-being and taking care of things, your business will do the same thing too. Okay? So Again, number nine is to take care of those things on energy and stress level of management. But level 10, the 10th final lesson is that realize then when you do get to work, there's a practical skill that you can work on to get you through this challenge whilst you remain emotionally calm and intelligent uh, and all that stuff.